theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. I believe the glory of the Lord is here because he wants to reveal to us some things. This is a very intimate moment and you might be wondering why do we feel what we feel. I believe because the Lord is bringing us into a greater degree of clarity of our purpose. Our purpose. I'm going to share something with you today that I believe the Lord has orchestrated and laid on my heart and I believe it is in proportion and alignment with what God has given us and I believe it's going to speak very clearly to us today I also believe that what he's doing is so clear because he's so near at the conclusion of today's worship experience we're going to receive communion and I'm so thankful for the presence of the Lord I'm so thankful for the glory of the Lord I appreciate you all responding with hearts unfolded before him so I want you to open up your Bibles or your Bible apps to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I believe we'll remain in the flow of what God is doing. Praise God. Mia, just stick around for a little bit. Praise God, just for a little bit. I realize if I don't preach what I believe the Lord has given me today, we have Father's Day next Sunday. We want everybody to come on out and celebrate our fathers. We have a great time. It's going to be Apple Fritter Sunday as well, and so you're going to enjoy that. And then uh, just so many wonderful things, praise God, so many wonderful things taking place. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Look at this last verse. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Praise God. Lift your hands with me in prayer. Lord, I believe over this past weekend you have clarified for me what you want me to preach. And today I want to share it with your people. 
Today I pray that you would baptize us afresh with a spirit-led evangelism. Some of us are not concerned about the condition of the souls of men, but today I pray and declare that a burden will come upon your people, God. And not only that a burden will come, but that an action would follow the burden and we would begin to see people of biblical proportion be saved and believe and follow you, the true God of salvation. In the name of Jesus Christ, everybody said amen. Praise God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to preach this thought to you today, committed to the call. Committed to the call. Many of you all uh, know that my family, we arrived in February of 2018, or March 20th of 2018, but it was in February when we had come for a visit, uh, and I was seeking the Lord, and I did not want to just preach a sermon. I wanted to have what the Lord had to say. And we were having church at that point in time at 3 o'clock as well. And uh, thank God for church at 3 o'clock. Praise God. I know some of you all might not, uh, you might prefer early church. Praise God. Well, you know, we would get our own building and we have more. We still going to have church at 3 o'clock. Praise God. Uh, praise God. I love it. I love it. And so it was in that hotel room where I was seeking the Lord. And asking God what he wanted me to preach, the Lord had revealed very clearly to me uh, what he wanted me to preach. I'll never forget it. Uh, I was sitting in the hotel room, specifically I was in the bathroom, uh, getting ready to leave the bathroom, actually. And the Lord tells me, he said, I have issued a call. And when the Lord told me, told me that's the first time I've ever had a vision that I know was clearly from God. Not pizza, not a lack of sleep. It was God who had given me this vision. The Lord said, I have issued a call. And when he told me that, I saw myself at, from a vantage point of the highest elevated place in Mississauga. That's why if you've been a part of Extraordinary Church, you understand how near and dear Danville Park is to me because that is the highest elevated place in Mississauga. And the Lord told me as he has issued a call, he said this, I have issued a call. And when he said that, I saw the call reaching as far as the eye could see it. And he told me, he said, if you will let me, he said, I will lead you to people who will be willing to abandon all for the call. It is so important that we be spirit-led. And that's what the Lord was telling me. And so you all understand the impetus of even that vision was a conversation I was having with my wife in Florida. We were sitting there in, in kind of a, a room that we had converted into multiple things. It was like a classroom, a media room. It was many things. But I was sitting there on the couch and I was reading in Matthew 4. And in Matthew 4... Uh, Jesus is calling uh, the disciples. In particular, he's calling Peter and, you know, and he's calling Simon and he tells them to follow me. And it was, as I was reading that, I said to myself out loud, I think out loud a lot. It frustrates Sarah to a degree because she's like, I don't know. If, she's like, are you talking to me and you want me to respond or are you just kind of thinking out loud? And sometimes I don't know myself, praise God. Uh, but I said, who does this mess? And she said, what are you talking about? Aren't you reading the scripture? I said, yeah. Who does this mess? I said, I don't see anybody abandoning all for the call of God right now. And I believe if it's in Scripture, it should be happening. Praise God. And she said, I, she said well, I, let me explain it to you. And I said, well, explain it to me, oh, rabbi. Praise God. 
And, um, and so she did. She said, hey, but the Spirit of the Lord was already dealing with these men. And therefore, when he showed up and issued the call, it resonated with them, and they were willing to abandon all for the call. Amen? I'm thankful because I want you to know that Extraordinary Church is committed to the call of God. If you're wondering what this house is assigned to do, we exist to help ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. And one of the things that's incumbent upon leaders to do as God is changing and transforming a local church is to make sure that he or she is doing their absolute best to communicate what God is trying to help us navigate to. Uh, it's like this series I preached, and I probably should preach it every year, about the church we are becoming. The church that we are becoming. Because how many of you would agree that we are not just staying where we've been? but we're moving from glory to glory. It's the church that we are becoming. The church should be growing and moving forward at all times. If we stay stuck and we just have great worship experiences and we just always remain where we've been and we don't take any more territory and we don't witness and watch God do miracles, signs and wonders and see people come to know him, we have missed the mark. Let me just help you right now. The goal is not to have good church. The goal is not to just shout your hair down and leave and I'm, I'm for all that. But the goal is to see people repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, be filled with his spirit. That is why we exist. To see the world transformed, not to have good church. See, as the people of God, God doesn't call us just to be saved, if you will, or call us out of darkness just to be saved, but he transforms a community. He transforms a city, a region through us. God saved us to be the light of the world, a, a city set on a hill that cannot be hid, and there ought to be transformation taking place in our lives. And so some of the things that we have to do is we have to communicate as leaders, what God is taking us to. And I can sense, even right now, I wrote it down right here, it's fascinating. Our worship, we're going deeper in our worship. We're going deeper in our worship. That choir just blessed me a couple of weeks ago. I rejoice in that. And we're all one big choir, praise God. But there's room for everybody in the choir. My man Elvis is even joining the choir. Praise God. There's room for all of us. Praise God. I sense that people are more open to the things of the Spirit and even embracing their role and responsibility and allowing God to work through them to reach the lost. I believe that the Spirit of God is moving deeply in today's worship experience, and I believe He's already confirmed what He wants to do, but I believe the gifts will begin to operate through many of you all, and you're embracing and submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We, we should have the gifts of the Spirit in operation every time we come together. And this is not just a theme, this is our purpose 
We exist to see people radically saved because of people living a spirit-empowered life. I want you to hear me. I'm not, I'm not just talking about people coming to an altar here at Extraordinary Church. I'm thankful for that. That should happen. But I'm talking about people who will erect altars while they're at Walmart. I'm talking about people that are erect altars when they're at Canadian Tire because you understand God has given you a divine assignment and nothing happens by happenstance. We are here to help ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. Thank you. I got a few people that believe it, a few crazy people that believe it. But you know, my prayer is that God would begin to use every single one of us in a way that advances his kingdom. My question to you this afternoon is, how hard are we going to make it for people to go to hell? My question to you is, how difficult are you going to make it for people to go to hell? I don't know about you, but I want to make it as difficult as possible for the people in the greater Toronto, Hamilton area to go to hell. I want them to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And how many of you all believe that God wants everybody to go to heaven? I believe if we believe that, then we have got to catch on fire and have a red hot zeal to see people come and experience the love, the goodness, the mercy, and the grace of God. And the text that I read to you today in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it's fascinating. It's one that I preached a number of ways, and I almost tried to think about maybe merging two messages together. One of my favorite messages that I've preached, it's one called Call Me Crazy. Uh, Paul in the New Living, uh, the New Living writes at the beginning of this dissertation as Paul, he talks about if it seems like we are mad, I believe it says in the King James or New King James, but in the New Living, he says, if it seems that we are crazy, it is for the glory of God. But what he begins to talk about is that and what I believe he wants for every man, woman, boy, and girl to experience is something about reconciliation. Reconciliation is a miracle. <laughs> the first miracle of it all is that Christ came to reconcile us unto God. This is a miracle because everybody sitting in this church was born separated from God, hostile to God, enemies of God. And in ourselves, there was nothing good that would get us back to right standing with him. And I think we all need to hear this. Everybody needs Jesus. There isn't one person, and I can say this upon the authority of the Word of God, there isn't one person under the sound of my voice who does not need Jesus. We all need Jesus. We are not in need of some religious band-aid. We are not in need, of some re in need of religion. We are in need of a radically transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. All of us were hellbound, hostile, bound, enemies of God. There was nothing in me that could get me to him. So the Bible says the miracle of reconciliation is that God was working through Christ to reconcile the world back to himself. Woof. My God, that's so good. In other words, God literally looked down at the condition of all of us and said, none of you can get it right. None of us can get our mess together. So what does he do? He puts on a suit of humanity. 
my God. He came down here himself. He paid the price himself. He took care of the sin debt so that those who were separated from him could be restored to him in good grace, mercy, and favor. That is a miracle. That somebody jacked up from the floor up, broke, busted, and disgusted, sinful, and directly opposed to God could be saved, cleansed, and redeemed. And now those who were enemies are now friends. Sons and daughters, we're now heirs seated in heavenly places with him. I don't know about you, but that's good news to me. Thank you, Elvis. So good, I think I'm going to take a five-second praise break. Hallelujah. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Your salvation is a miracle. It wasn't just another thing. When you were born again, oh, my God. My name written in the Lamb's book of life. I am a walking, living, breathing miracle. Nobody can help me. Nobody can save me. I'm just here to tell you, you're a miracle. People want to see miracles. You're looking at one. You're looking at a miracle. You're looking at, you're looking at Elvis and I, you're looking at a miracle. You might not realize it, but you've been baptized in his name. You've been filled with the Holy Ghost. You're looking at a miracle. You're looking at a miracle. God has healed you. God has saved you. God has delivered you. It's a miracle. Somebody give him praise. Literally, it means that he put us back into, if you look up the word reconciliation in the Greek, it put us back into favor with him. See, he put us into right standing, and now I'm no longer his enemy. The good news is that God, through Christ, was reconciling the world back to himself. Jesus, God in the flesh, paid the price so that we could be reconciled back to him. <laughs> and this happened because of the spiritual transaction at Calvary. See, you and I had ascended, and when I, when I stand before God, before I was washed in his blood and baptized in his name and filled with his spirit, my sin demanded payment. Akil, you did this, 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 this. You said this. You looked at this. You cheated to this. You lied about this person. You... Yeah, does anybody know what I'm talking about? And the thing about it is, it was all true. And the court of heaven demanded justice for my sins. But reconciliation is that Jesus looked at my failure and said, well, he'll never be able to pay that. So I'm going to have to go down to Calvary and pay it for him. So I'm going to robe myself in flesh and I'm going to let people spat at me and mock me and ridicule me and rip my flesh off my bones and I'm going to look and count it all joy for the, for the joy that was set before him so that he could receive. I'm telling you it's a miracle. It's a living, breathing miracle that God who is rich in mercy and love would come and suffer for us.
Did Isaiah not say he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities? The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. There's a reason he suffered. It's because I was a sinner, and you are too. And the good news of the miracle of reconciliation is those of us who were separated from God have now been brought into right relationship with him through faith in the price that he paid for our sins. Salvation is a miracle. But there's something beyond this miracle of reconciliation I want you to see. Is that Christ saved us, called us, not to just embrace the miracle of reconciliation, but to understand that he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Woo. Help me, Jesus. See, here's what we do. I'm talking about churches as a whole. If we're not careful, we, we like to hire people to be the ministers of reconciliation. Well, that's pastor's job. That's the pastoral staff's job. That's Pastor Barry's job. That's Nadine's job. That's Sarah's job. That's Elvis's job. That's Rihanna's job. That's Pastor Mateo's job. That's Isabella's job. We like to hire out our reconciliation. But the Bible says that you and I have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Oh, Jesus, help me today, Holy Ghost. Uh, don't get me wrong, I'm privileged to serve as your pastor, but I can't find that attitude or tone in Scripture. We have to understand that it is the saving power of Jesus Christ that has reconciled us unto him. And we have, when you have received his spirit, there's something built in us that we have to share it. Let me, Acts 1 and 8, Acts 1 and 8. Now you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. Oh, my God. The moment you receive his spirit, you can't sit down and be quiet about who he is in your life. Those who have tasted and seen and experienced this salvation, and oh, what a salvation we've experienced, are not supposed to be able to contain it. Help us, God, if we're hiding it and keeping it. And that's our problem. We, we love to talk. But let me just fix something right now. We don't have a problem because some of y'all be like, oh, well, I'm just, I'm nervous or I'm scared or, or this or that, that stop. What, what did the young people say? That's, is that cap? What, am I saying that right? Stop, stop capping. That's cap. That's cap. That's cap. That, you, you don't have any problem with that. Let me tell you how I know you don't have any problem with it right now, okay? Because you ain't got no problem talking. You ain't got no problem telling people what to do. Our problem is we want to fix people. And it's going to be quiet. That's okay. That's okay. I don't know. See, the problem is we invest in all of our energy and all of our mental effort and emotional effort and all of our activity in fixing everybody else. Isn't it fascinating? You can tell everybody else what they should do. Isn't it interesting? Oh, let me, I'll get in trouble. Let me stop. You can correct everybody else and show everybody else how much you know on Facebook or on Instagram or on Twitter. All of a sudden, you're a Bible sage and you done got your doctorate degree in divinity. You got it all figured out. And the reality of it is you take the same breath that we take and you need to stop using your fingers. You need to stop using your fingers to telling everybody else what they should and shouldn't be doing. And let me just help you out anyway. Ain't listening to you in the first place. 
So stop trying to fix everything on social media, on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, and just say something that's worth listening to. God so loved the world. We got a place for you, the perfect church for imperfect people, where you'll be loved, you won't be judged, you won't be criticized, and God can do something in your life. Say something they'll listen to. Because most of us, what we want to say is, ain't fixing anybody anyway. Doesn't help anybody. As a matter of fact, most of what you post, most of what we post on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter widens the gap. Deepens the divide, causes tension and friction. You, all of a sudden, you don't even want to see somebody because of what you had to say because you just had to get it out there and set them straight because they ain't living right. Oh, stop. Help us, Holy Ghost. What we should do is start flowing in the fruit of the, fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I'm not getting any help in it. That's all right. Praise God. That's all right. Praise God. You know what? But we need to understand why we exist. Praise God. <laughs> Do me a favor. Thank you. Help us. We need, you know, stand up real quick. Everybody stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Praise God. Now, reach back and touch the bottom of your seat. Yeah, just touch the seat. There you go. It is not your job to keep that seat warm. Thank you. Let me tell you what your job is. You did not come here to keep that seat warm. You came to help ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You came to love. You came to serve. You came to forgive. You came to encourage. You came to be a blessing. You did not come to consume. God, help us. You can be seated. Our problem is, you know what? Stop getting on your soapbox, on social media, telling everybody what you think. It makes no, that's not the church's job. Whew. As believers, we're not here to stand on our soapbox and announce what's really important to us and forget what's important to him. What I'm telling you is the church has got to get back to what she's called to do, what she's anointed to do. You're not anointed to criticize. Y'all not going to help me today. You're not anointed to condemn. You're not anointed to judge. But you are anointed to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's good news, and it's for everybody. Black, white, yellow, red, makes no difference. Poor, educated, rich, it's for everyone. It's one ministry. It's one ministry we've been given, babe. God has given all of us who know him this ministry. And in the ministry of being burdened, a lost and dying world is on its way to hell. And they can be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. I know people wonder why I'm always excited you need to calm down. When are you going to mellow out? I can't. Cry aloud and spare none. I want people to know the gospel truth. I want people to come into contact with authentic biblical Christianity. 
Do we understand that at some point or another, we will take our last breath. People will take their last breath and they will step into eternity. Look at this. Look at this. Verse 19. Go to 2 Corinthians. Watch this. Verse 19 of my text. Show them on the screen. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them as has committed to us the word of reconciliation. If God, that is, that was God in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Watch this. Not imputing their trespasses to them. Then why is the church imputing trespasses to people? If God is going to move in this day and age, whew, and it's not everybody in the church, but I want to I get something straight today. Of course, you call sin, sin. The house is on fire, the house is on fire. There is a hell, as a matter of fact, you can't preach it straight enough for me. Hell is hot, you know what, but I'm not God did not commission me to stand behind this sacred desk and preach hellfire and brimstone and point my religious finger at people and tell them they're going to hell. And by the way, who wants to come back and hear that in the first place? But you know what? Yeah, hell is real, but guess what? The story doesn't end there. Jesus came so that men could be free and free, free from the stain and the pain and the agony of hell and death. We don't have to lose our soul. There is not one person here in the greater Toronto Hamilton area that he cannot save. Because if he can't save one of us, he can't save any of us. And I'm telling you today, he saves to the uttermost. The ministry of reconciliation. See, everything we do in this house should be because we believe God can save anybody. Jesus. God. Oh, I felt the Holy Ghost on that. God, everything that we do in this place should be because we believe God can save anybody. Don't care if you're homeless or drug addict, educated, driving in a Tesla, just get off the bus or walk five miles. God can save Look good, fine. Ain't got it together, fine. God can do it in your life. Get off your preference. Let me just help you right now. Your political preference means nothing. This is the kingdom of God. I'm not concerned whether you're liberal or if you're conservative, if you're independent. I'm telling you right now what is of concern to me is the kingdom of God. I've come to declare the kingdom of God is here for everybody, wherever you are in the political spectrum. It makes no difference where you are. God has a plan for your life. And I don't get worked up and... I'm telling you right now, I passed and I passed with confidentiality, but if you knew what people were struggling with in here, you might not want to sit next to them, but God, who is rich in mercy. And don't forget, such were some of you. I know you might look like you got it all together and you, you're faking everybody out and your breath too sanctified, but God, who is rich in mercy, reached down and picked you up out of your...
understand. I don't understand people who are so eager to condemn people. Something is wrong if we're quick to condemn people and tell them they, and heaven forbid, we'd be happy and say it with joy. Something's amiss when we can criticize but not declare the hope. We can condemn, but we can't convey the peace that comes from Jesus. Something's wrong when we can blast people of a particular persuasion, but you can't love them. You don't wanna sit next to them. You wanna call out the sin. Well, let me just help you right now. You want to call out that sin, but you don't want to call out gossip. You don't want to call out lies. Y'all not going to help me. That's okay. You don't want to call out discord and backbiting, and you think you're right with God. Help us, Holy Ghost. The, the church, we better get in alignment with what God. Let me help you right now. I wish to God. This place was absolutely packed 50 times over with heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, transgender, pansexual, confused, don't know what it is. I'm telling you there's room for everybody here at Extraordinary Church and not one moment in time am I uncomfortable with it. I'll never stop preaching it. Why? Because it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It can save anyone and everybody. It can pick you up out of your mess. It can pick you up out of your confusion. It can deliver you. It can change you. It can heal you. We're committed to the call. This is why we exist. So let me just help you. When you love people, you believe in them. When you love them, you tell them, I'm glad you're here to church. When you love them, you go the extra mile. When you love people, you don't care who gets the credit. When you love people, you serve. My question is, do we understand the value of a soul? We just, we just can't take communion once a quarter, saying kumbaya. And have church and huck and buck and shout and run. And, is that what church is? If that's what church is to you, you, sir, are out of the book. But you better get back in and get in the kingdom alignment. Because this is why we're here. Let me show you something in Scripture. So you have the... You have the miracle of reconciliation. I'm almost done. I know it's, it's 4.30. We're about to receive communion. Thank you. You have the, the miracle of reconciliation. It's, 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 it's mind-blowing. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. But the next thing he's given us is the method. See, the method is spirit-led. 
And this is where I know God has given. God reminded me of this yesterday. The Lord's been dealing with me ever so strongly about this. It's the second time now, the second time I've been at a restaurant and the Lord has given me a word for somebody. We were at a restaurant. won't say where we were, but it wasn't in this. You all know we believe God has given us this region. So we were driving around and my wife and I, we were down there and you know what? We were just declaring some things and we were sitting at the table. I began to talk to the young lady who was serving us. I began to feel something in my spirit. And I told my wife, I said, you know what? I began to talk to her. She said, ma'am, she just began to open up. And she said, you know what? It's been so refreshing to talk to nice people. I began to listen to her. And you know what? Then God began to deal with me clearly. And I, I regret it. I'm not, your, your pastor ain't perfect. I didn't say what the Lord had given me. But I did tell my wife, I said, if she comes back, I'm open up. We even lingered, we even lingered and waited because I felt like the Lord had given me a word for her, a specific word, but it was spirit led. It's the second time this has happened. God's reminding me of the call. I want you all to know every assignment you have is a divine assignment. A divine assignment. It's no coincidence. I'm so thankful. I thought about this today. I said, Lord, what, what are you shifting? What are you doing? And the Lord is bringing us to alignment. We're so, exa- we're so excited. I'm just telling everybody. We're so glad to have Alex back with us at home. Just shout out. <laughs> Baby, I want you to come. Princess, I want you to come. But I felt the Holy Ghost tell me today, bro, you know what? Uh, Alex is going to be with us for about six or seven weeks. As a matter of fact, let me introduce you to Extraordinary Church's first intern. We're super excited about what God is doing. This young man has reached many people and helped them come to Jesus Christ here at Extraordinary Church. Santi's here because of Alex. Patricia's here because of Alex. And you know what? Jacqueline and Glory, who are not here, and they're, but they're not here, but they're here. They're here because of Alex. And the guy we baptized, my man, don't even get me started. Tim, last week, is here because of Alex. I'm tell, you know what the Lord told me, though? The spirit of evangelism is on you. Philip, 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 Philip. And that's why the Lord began to stir with me. I believe over the next several weeks that that spirit of evangelism is going to begin to sit on this house. And many of you all are going to begin to walk and begin to utter and declare. You know the first thing he told me? Two things. Two things. He said, Pastor, one, whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. Two, the f- after the first thing he said to me, after I said, hey, man, how you doing? He was here setting up at 1 o'clock. He said, I've been calling all my friends, telling them to come. He said, matter of fact, I'm looking for him. I'm looking for him. My God, we need a burden to reach people, to let them know if they don't get this. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. If they don't get him, we have nothing. And let me just help you out right now. I'm going to burst your bubble. This man, I do not pastor a denominal work. I am called to pastor the church of the living God. This right here, this right here is for Catholics, for Baptists, Methodists, Assembly of God, Pentecostal, Apostolic. I thought I'd get a little more help than that. But we exist for everybody. Why I say this, I'm gonna be done. You gotta get these invitations, you gotta invite people. 
Don't let these invitations hit the floor. Don't leave them on the seat. Invite them to friends and family day. But watch what Jesus does here in John chapter 1. I'm hurrying. The following day, this is verse 43. Watch this. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and saith to him, follow me. Amazing. This call has gone out. And you know what's... Oh, the call is still ringing clear today. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? This is what people want to know. People are believing a lie. The enemy is telling people a lie. So when you meet them, they're like, can anything good come out of Christianity? Can anything good come out of the Bible? Can anything good come out of Extraordinary Church located at 2500 Mimosa Road, right in the heart of... You know what our response should be? Come and see. Come and see. Come and see a place where the blind eyes are open. Come and see where the deaf ears are unstopped. Come and see where black, white, red, and yellow get together and love one another. Come and see where young people and old encourage one another and serve one another. Come and see where liberal and independent and conservative come together. Come and see. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him and he said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you, you were under a fig tree, and I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. You know what's interesting about the fig tree when they would go? Jews would go there to contemplate. They would go to meditate. They would go and say, you know what? <laughs> tried, tried everything. Nothing's working. And the people that God's going to give you a divine assignment with, you're going to open up your mouth and speak what he says. And they're going to say, how, how did you know? I didn't, but he knows. He sees you right where you are. The Holy Ghost is here such a strong way. Typically we'd stand, but you know what? All of you that are watching online, thank you so much for being with us. We bless you in Jesus' name. We're going to receive communion. Uh, I trust that you'll be able to receive it on your own and participate. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.